Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Tennessee Power Hour is here on OutKick 360 alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, live from Blackbird Studios, Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee, our location, theblackbirdacademy.com is the place to go if you are passionate about audio, if you are into audio engineering, studio production, you want to go to school for this. Uh, no matter your age, check out theblackbirdacademy.com and the great work that John McBride, uh, Martina, and the great staff here at Blackbird Academy and the Blackbird Studios, uh, they do. And if you're a musician, if you're looking uh, for studio space, over 14,000 square feet of rehearsal space available for you here, at Blackbird Studios and nine state-of-the-art studios. We're in them in one of them and love coming here for the 360 studios each and every day. Tennessee Power Hour starts with the news that Jim Schwartz has joined the Titans staff as a defensive assistant, a senior assistant. Paul, I was reading uh, paulkoharski.com late last night where you say it's more of a part-time role based on three days a week, four days a week, something well, like that. I think it was that. Uh, or has been yeah, that. I don't know that. Uh, I mean, the way that Mike Vrabel's quote reads, it certainly sounds like a full-time job now. He said, looking forward to having him on the field and in the meeting rooms. So that doesn't sound like a part-time job. He's on the staff now. You, you and I know well, that he's been around. I, I think he I think this is is being announced now, but he has been consulting in some way, shape, or form for a bit. I don't know the exact time frame with all of this, uh, but we know that Jim Schwartz lives in Nashville. Yes, uh, and loves it in Nashville. Yeah, and, and wants to be in Nashville. Sure, I mean he he would travel back to Nashville for high school football games while he's the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He would fly in on Friday nights. To, to attend football games. Um, so he, he loves being here. There's a reason why he's living here. Um, and he, he had other options. He could be a full-time defensive coordinator right now um, you know, across the league uh, with some of the new coaches that were putting together staffs. I know they picked up the phone and called him. I don't know if they offered him or not, but I know they called him inquiring about, hey, do you, are you interested in this role? Do you want to be full-time? Do you want to move to City A, City B? It sounds like he wanted to be here in Nashville. The question is, what type of role does he want to, to be here with the Titans? And is it on the field coaching? Is it in the box coaching on game day? Or is it evaluating film and processing exactly what went wrong from an analytical role and from you know, a positional and structural role uh, with, with the team and personnel from last year. Yeah, and so I, I talked to some people yesterday who said at least that to this point, and you, you had the same thing, he's done consulting-type stuff in terms of evaluating what they did and everything, which is terrific. Now, uh, my understanding was they were kind of figuring out what he was going to do. With this announcement and the quote from Vrabel, which 
went out of its way, I felt like, to point out he would be on the field and in the meeting rooms. I think there's a, a fullness to the job at, as a regular assistant in addition to this other stuff or, 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 or whatever. I love it. Look, I was very critical of Rabel for not bringing in an outside voice who he was not previously attached to, who's not in the club, who wasn't with him in Houston, who wasn't with him at Ohio State, et cetera, et cetera. As far as I know, they have no previous connection, right? He's a Nashville guy who's got good experience in the league. He was head coach of the Lions. He was a head coach for defense under Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. This is where it could get a little tricky, I think. He's an alpha. It's not the same kind of alpha as Mike Vrabel is, right? <laughs> if the two had a fist fight, we know who would win. And I, I, don't, think it's a bad, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a bad thing that they could conceivably, in, in heated moments, clash. You want a coaching staff to clash, right? We don't want yes-men for Mike Vrabel. And, and I think there's a little bit of fear on my part that Vrabel and Robinson might have too many yes-men in too many roles this far into their assessment. So I like his presence. But I do think, and I'll go back, we were talking about this before the show, in 2013, Mike Munchak really muddied things up when he brought Greg Williams back. And Greg Williams and Jerry Gray, it wasn't clear enough who was doing what. And players, after Mike Munchak was fired, said, we were confused. We didn't know who was in charge. And then two years later, Dick LeBeau came in to help Ken Wisenhunt. And Ray Horton was already here as defensive coordinator. And there was a similar type of confusion. I think Mike Vrabel's smart enough. Well, let's mention last year, where players mentioned communication issues where we, we ask questions and the media ask questions weekly on who's calling plays and until the final press conference of the year, oh, well, I don't understand the big deal. It was Shane Bowen the whole time. Kevin, so Kevin Byard said multiple times, we need to be coordinated better. Yeah. So I think Mike Vrabel is smart enough in making this move. I hope he is. He needs to be to, and I wrote this this morning, to really make it clear who's doing what. Schwartz is going to have to, you know, pull back. It's a different job for him than he's used to. He's not head coach defense. And Vrabel, Bowen, and Schwartz are going to have to have very kind of clear uh, pathways and definitions so that players understand the messaging from the people. Obviously, the messaging needs to be consistent. But players need to know. I'm looking at that guy. I'm looking at this guy. I'm looking at this guy. Who, who am I listening to? Who am I watching? Who, what's, uh, what's the system here? This sounds like the role that was offered to Dean Pease when it was known that Dean Pease was going to Atlanta to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, and he was not offered defensive coordinator. He was offered a consultant role. Though this I role. Think, I think Dean Pease wasn't going to be on the field, though, in that. That was my, my feeling. And now they're saying Schwartz is going to be on the field. When we come back, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Uh, an obvious question that I've not heard anyone ask. That's next. Tennessee Power Hour on Outkick 360. Hang with us. This is a tap-in from FanDuel.com slash OK360. Pick one of the three players that we're about to show you on the screen here uh, to simply make the cut. Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. Uh, You can read these names off as if Jim Nance 
we're announcing them, oh, making the cut and headed to the weekend rounds on moving day this Saturday. As they tee off tomorrow, you can bet $5 to win 100 on golf's biggest event with FanDuel Sportsbook. Go to FanDuel.com slash OK360. It is the Tennessee Power Hour on OutKick360. Chad says there's an elephant in the room that has not been asked or addressed regarding the Tennessee Titans. So let me start by saying having Jim Schwartz as part of your coaching staff is a good thing. It's positive if you can add that for any NFL team. So good move for the Titans there. Why in the hell is he not the defensive coordinator of the Titans? How on earth are you going to sell to me, Mike Vrabel, if, if you're listening or watching? Sell me on Shane Bowen being a better option as defensive coordinator than Jim Schwartz. Uh, I, I'm not. Uh, you're looking at me like I'm Mike Vrabel. I'm, again, though, I, well, I don't. Like, why does no one I, bring up the fact? I, I'm here. I'm beyond seeing, that. I'm seeing these celebrations online about Jim Schwartz being some sort of senior assistant, and I just keep coming back to. So you're telling me the Titans have a great defensive coordinator sitting right there. They have a head coach who was a terrible defensive coordinator in his one year as defensive coordinator. Good head coach. Good football mind, bad defensive coordinator. Very small Who was sample. doing a weird sales pitch. With a very big sample with Schwartz. Yes. Yeah. Big sample with Schwartz. Small sample with Shane Bowen. Small sample with Mike, Mike Vrabel. Vrabel. But Mike Vrabel, Shane Bowen partnered together. A non-sales pitch, sales pitch. Not endorsing him, endorsing him a year ago. Coming back, being a smartass for an entire press conference. Telling everyone how, well, he's the defensive coordinator. And then a couple days later, you add Jim Schwartz, an actual NFL <laughs> defensive coordinator as senior assistant, and I, Chad Withrow, am the only one in Nashville begging to ask the question, how on earth is Jim Schwartz not the defensive coordinator of this Titans team? Why? Other than relationship. Well, sell me on resumes I, right I, now. I, I, can't, would, I can't sell the you The guy on, had two think... opportunities, Hutton said, to be a defensive coordinator. In this league, he is cutting the Titans a huge break simply because he doesn't want to move. Or was at least he called to, to be considered for, for some opportunities. I don't know if he was offered two other spots. He was called and, and was asked if he, were, well, if he would I'm be putting, interested in I'm joining the staff. I'm putting the poll question out right now. The, Titans fans, who would you rather have as defensive coordinator? Oh, it's Shane be, Bowen um, or Jim Schwartz? The, the, that's going to be almost 100%. Beyond Jim Schwartz, why won't Vrabel give us more than, uh, you know, Shane's going to call the plays? He had multiple opportunities this past break. John Glennon uh, from Broadway Sports asked him directly oh, he, about he, he the... got a terrible answer, a rude answer, frankly. Uh, uh, my, my question, why not sell everyone on the fact that here's why we believe in Shane Bowen yes. after the pathetic defense that we put out there last week, that quite frankly kept this team from achieving greatness. He, he, uh, he, we will look back on 2020 and circle the defense for the reason why they did not achieve in a historical season offensively, why they did not achieve more than simply making the postseason. I wrote this off the press conference. He does a huge disservice to Shane Bowen. Four times he's asked and four times he's snide about Shane Bowen as if we're idiots for asking about Shane Bowen when he has a chance to, to say good things about Shane Bowen. Now look, he doesn't care about public opinion and media opinion, and so he goes overboard the other way. 
But why not say some reassuring things about Shane Bowen and sell the community on Shane Bowen just for Shane Bowen's sake, right? Make it easier on Shane Bowen when Shane Bowen's at the gas pump so somebody could be nice to Shane Bowen instead of looking at him with cross eyes being I don't, like, that, you're the cause of why the Titans defense. If somewhere at a gas pump, they wouldn't recognize Shane Bowen. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't, I, I, maybe that's that, a bad example. But you know what I'm saying? You could help time, change the tone no, on Paul, Shane Bowen by saying good things about Shane Bowen. Like for the first saying. time, Tell he's going to be he's on camera. Uh, you know, CBS and Fox are actually going to show Shane Bowen because he's going to be the defensive coordinator. Tell us why he's the guy. I'm in agreement with you. I know. Why, why is he the guy? Why won't you tell us why he's the guy instead of just being so matter-of-fact? Like, listen, I'm telling you he's the guy, and he's the guy. Do you not know what defensive coordinators are? He said <laughs> to Glennon. Do you not know what coordinators do? Uh, he plans for first and second down packages and for nickel packages and for situational stuff. Yeah, we know that, Mike. We want to know what the what is it that Shane Bowen brings? We've asked you this question as you've added, guys. Todd Downing became the offensive coordinator. You told us a little bit about Todd Downing's qualities when you hired Anthony Midget to replace Kerry Combs. You told us a little bit about Anthony Midget's characteristics. Is, am I right? Absolutely. Every time you hire a guy, Jim Schwartz got a beefy quote today in the press release. And you told us what you like about Jim Schwartz. Where I went back, I wrote a column. I, I went and looked at what you've said about Shane Bowen since you effectively made him defensive coordinator last year. And none of it is anything about Shane Bowen, the person, the coach. Why? Well, this is this is why, and this is my this is my inclination on this. The reason why is because the head coach is the defensive coordinator. This is his defense. Effective. Shane Bowen is his tool. He's not going to overly praise or put too much blame on Shane Bowen. He's just going to say that he's got the defensive coordinator title, but we all know who's calling the shots on that defense, and it is the head coach. But again, it, beg it begs me staff. to ask the question. He should still prop up all, all right. If you've got, you know, if you've got this, speaking of tools, you've got these tools in your toolbox available to you, and you've got a guy in Jim Schwartz who has been a successful defensive coordinator and former head coach in this league and you're going to put Jim Schwartz in a senior defensive assistant role. I'll say the same for Dean Pease. If Dean Pease wanted to get back into coaching and he did a great job with my defense, I'm not offering Dean Pease some BS office role as a senior defensive. I'm going to say, do you want to come back and be my defensive coordinator if you're doing what's best for your organization? I just don't. Paul, you talked about the sales pitch of he needs to sell people on Shane Bowen. I get what you're saying with that. He could help Shane Bowen a little bit by doing that. He's going to help. The, he's going to be a great help. They, they improved by I adding him. I don't know what the sales pitch is. Like, what is, how do you sell that to me? Or any knowledgeable football fan that Shane Bowen is a better option than Jim Schwartz right now for this Titans defense. We can go back and pull Time the quotes the of and Kevin Byer a year ago. Wesley Woodyard, I know, and people are saying, you know, he's got some motivation to be bitter about things too. But there are plenty of people saying, there was a communication issue. There was a, and correct me if I'm wrong, coordination issue. I think that he used the word, we're not coordinated. I mean, Kevin Byers not an idiot. He says these things knowing He's what the, the problem is. He's not the only one is. saying it, too. Yeah. I mean, Rashawn Evans would come on our show. He came on our right. show and said the same thing. But, but there's these mixed signals again because every other move is the Titan saying it's a player issue. It's John Robinson admitting it's a player issue with things that he's done. It's the coaching staff bringing Shane Bowen 
to be the defensive coordinator. They're saying it's a player issue. Players are saying it's a coaching issue. But here's the, the facts. They went from being a good defense to an awful defense with the departure of one man, Dean Pease. That man wanted to be a defensive coordinator again, and he is now Arthur Smith's defensive coordinator. And what did the Titans counter with? Hey, you want to come work in an office and help us out and watch film? I can give you the That's the one, best we can do? The one I'm I'm just uh, I'm 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 being the the counter guy here. Uh, there, there's been one quote this offseason from Vrabel that has given me hope. I referred to it the other day. I I came across it again when I was doing this looking for him talking about Shane Bowen. Um and, and this is the, the only thing that I've heard. Tell me if, I, I, and maybe I'm over-interpreting it. Okay. I'll, I'll leave that open. But this is the one crack I've seen from Vrabel in the raising his hand and talking about he and the coaching staff. And look, I, I'm amongst those. He, he needs better personnel. He's gotten some upgraded personnel. He's going to get some more upgraded personnel, right? I think Schwartz helps, right? I, I wanted an outside voice. Somebody that's not in this in this bubble where they're convinced that they're not yeah. the problem. But this one quote, and this came when he was talking about Shane moving into the dedicated role of coordinator and Ryan Crow taking over the outside linebackers. He said, we are going to work hard to improve that side of the ball through better coaching, improving our system and our players. He put players third there. Better coaching, improving our system and our players. I like the group we have on our defensive staff, and I'm confident that we will improve. So he there acknowledged. Now, I know he says we've got to coach better all the time. But all the, the time. Tone, the tone of this. After losses. Right. But the tone of this struck me as different. Through better coaching and improving our system. That's the first. Usually he's talking about confidence in the system. What we do works. We know what we're doing is the tone of everything he said. And here he said. Better coaching in a way that struck me as different than we, the standard we've got to coach better. And improving our system, which I don't recall him ever referring to an idea that the system needed to be tinkered with. And so I said I had some faith that he's smart enough that in these months, these are the months you sit down and you revise what you're doing, right? You tinker with it. And now we know that Schwartz has looked at everything they've done and said, you know, here's what I think about what didn't happen, most importantly, not what happened, but what didn't happen. This gives me a sliver of faith about some real self-evaluation from Vrabel, which is what they're due for now at this stage of his head coaching career after that defensive performance. So if you're looking for a sliver of faith in terms of him actually being self-critical, actually backing up that we have to coach better mantra that we hear so often that it becomes unbelievable. I think maybe you can find a, a kernel here. I think you're trying to overcomplicate a very simple issue. Um, did, did Dean Pease have superior personnel two years ago to what the Titans had last year? Anything is superior personnel to what they had last year. I mean, Shane uh, Okay, and did he have light year superior personnel? Not light years. Two years ago. I'll ask you the question. How much better uh, no. was the personnel two years ago as opposed to last year? I mean, if we're just looking on paper, uh, Dean Pease would have had an average defense last year instead of a defense that was. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm asking us, what, what's the big difference between the two personnel groups? 
when you look at that year to that, and that now look at the fall off. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. He was getting production out of Kamale Correa, that defensive staff was, as compared to fielding Wyatt Ray and Tuzar Skipper and Brooks Reed. Uh, again. He also didn't watch uh, one of uh, an, all, an all pro safety have a career worst year in Kevin Byer. Agreed. Time. Uh, he had a quote-unquote slow player in Logan Ryan get four and a half sacks in some crucial moments and, play and get after the quarterback and provide head. quarterback pressure uh, in, in, in key moments. Superior now what he, what he also had was a healthy Adoree Jackson that improved week by week that was really, really good. And eager to play. And then, you know, is, is hampered with the knee for the entire year last year. Uh, but on the opposite end, Malcolm Butler was much better last year than he was the year prior. And the year prior he missed, so uh, fell out with the There are pros injury, and cons. Right? There, There is no debate who the superior coordinator was. Oh, absolutely. Dean Pease was well, superior over Mike Vrabel last year. I'm not talking about Shane Bowen. Yeah, look, I, I, don't, I can't get you know, into the, the personal stuff or whatever's going on with Dean Pease stepping away from the game and then getting right back into the game and what happened with him and Mike Vrabel. But I'll just say this. It goes from Dean Pease, defensive coordinator, to a combination of Mike Vrabel, Shane Bowen, and it was a disaster. It was a huge drop-off. Personnel wasn't that different from Dean Pease to Mike Vrabel, Shane Bowen. Now, you can argue it's a personnel problem, and I, I do believe that it is at some spots, but the bottom line is, a year later, Mike Vrabel had the chance to at least offer Dean Pease that job back when he said he wanted to get back into coaching or bring on Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator. And Mike Vrabel has elected to go back to the well and promote Shane Bowen and have a combination of Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen again. Now, this is betting on yourself. This may work out great, and, I, and we'll, I'll look dumb for saying this, and they're going to have a complete turnaround on defense, and they're going to go to the Super Bowl this year based on Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen improving greatly from last year to this year. But I can't sit here right now in April – and look at the options of Shane Bowen versus Dean Pease or Shane Bowen versus Jim Schwartz and say that, yeah, they should have, they should have elevated Shane Bowen. That, that was the smart move. One thing on Schwartz I, I'm curious about, and I don't know, but here it is April 7th when they're naming him. And Schwartz said, you know, at the end of the season, smartly anticipating things were going south in Philadelphia. I'm letting my contract expire. I'm... The, the gonna intent, take the year off. It was off. reported he was taking the year off. Right, and I'm contemplating retirement. Mm -hmm. So was he available to be hired January 29th when Vrabel put the staff together? Because you're talking January 29th, uh, February 29th, March 29th. It's over two months later. So did he kind of emerge as available well after the fact of putting a staff together? Or did he say, hey, I'll consult uh, and then the consulting goes well, and he emerges as, hey, I'm more available if you want me for something more. I think it was more of that. I think it's more of... You know, so he wasn't available to let, be defensive coordinator at the end of January. Let's talk. Let's evaluate. Let's see how this Give goes. us some written reports on some players and some schemes and some tendencies. They form a Watch relationship in the conversation. Um, and let, let's see what it leads to. And, it, and it's, it's led to him having a position of senior defensive assistant on the staff. But, but he might not have been available when Vrabel I, was making decisions that had to be made. But he didn't, he didn't name a defensive coordinator right. for a full season. What is, the rush? what is the rush to elevate a guy who has no other job possibilities because he sucked? 
Well, if he to had, go anywhere else. What are you protecting? <laughs> you know, we, boy, we've got the Arizona Cardinals coming after Shane Bowen hard Chad, to be here's DC. The, no, but like why? But why the rush to, to name his him? defensive coordinator spot just open here. for Paul? He perpetuity? left it open for an entire year. He wouldn't tell anyone. Who was calling defensive plays? Didn't say, said there it, was no defensive he was, coordinator. He was stunned that we were even was, asking the question. So then he gets so everybody, I guess, paints him in a corner, and then he has to decide. All right, now I'm going to elevate Shane Bowen. You happy? I He's think you're exaggerating that question. I mean, I, I I thought Shane Bowen was calling plays all year. He said Shane Bowen was calling plays going into the season. You think he was totally clear? on defensive coordinator role and who was calling I think there was a lot of mystery going through the offseason last year. Then ultimately they had something at Nissan Stadium. He said Bowen called the plays. We stayed on him if that was the case. Is that the case? Is that the case? He said yes. And then, you know, whether they he takes play calling from a guy for a game or a stretch of the season, coaches don't generally offer that up. But and, you know, I don't know what was happening during the season necessarily, but the presumption was that Shane Bowen was, was the play then okay, why so is the he presumption back? Why is he back if that is true? Because coaches don't fire guys after one season. So, Paul, season you're, you're saying the presumption was that Shane Bowen was a defensive coordinator and nothing's really changed. Then why was the story on January 29th of 2021 that linebacker coach Shane Bowen has been promoted to defensive coordinator? Because he didn't have the title. Then why the rush to give him the title? It wasn't a rush. Paul, they, they had a chance to get Jim Schwartz if they would have waited. My point being, he spent a season with no defensive coordinator. Chad, I, I understand that they went January to season the 10th. Right. But generally, coaching staffs are concluded around Well, generally, coaches time. name a defensive coordinator, too. So Look, clearly, not, this guy's not, not, not saying, concerned with convention. I'm not saying that the year before wasn't weird. But that he fell into a more normal timetable next year. I think he should have named somebody else defensive coordinator. My point is, if if you he thinks Shane Bowen's the best option, and that's well because I, the, because Shane Bowen gives him the, uh, the route for him to think, lead the defense. You think you whereas an actual defensive coordinator, coordinator wouldn't agree to that? I would have liked Chad's for him to have question. hired outside coach. Chad's or two asking on the question: defense. Why is Shane Bowen the defensive coordinator right now when Jim Schwartz is available? Well, I think that uh, that's, the, that's I mean, a great way to phrase today's topic based on the fact that Jim Schwartz lives in the city and is willing to work for the organization. Again. I agree, but you just agreed with me that you think timetable-wise, Schwartz may not have been available again, to be the defensive the, coordinator. But timetable-wise, who cares what the, what the Titans' timetable is wide open? Yeah, Chad's right on that. Why, why the rush in, why on Shane January Bowen, Is Shane Bowen getting hired somewhere else? No. No, he's not getting hired as defensive coordinator somewhere else. But you're, you're, you're in, Jan in February and March, they're sitting down, evaluating prospects, doing this playbook revision and stuff. They need their coaching staff to be present for that. Great. And they, and they can be. They went an entire season without naming a defensive coordinator. I'm granting you that. I'm now talking about this season. And Shane, Bowen, again, Paul, Shane Bowen can be present and do the exact same role that he did last year, which well, how apparently hasn't changed at all. Without having to name him defensive coordinator well, until changed. you figure out who's going to call plays. He doesn't have often, uh, outside linebackers anymore. And that's who, a spot who also where, sucks. yeah, Ryan Crow, I'm not real excited about. I just, I just don't buy the an outside linebacker. I don't buy the timing wasn't right because they didn't name the defensive coordinator last year. So why the rush this year? Why not wait it out? And if there's even the chance of uh, Jim Schwartz being available, why January 29th to elevate a guy who's not leaving to defensive coordinator and not just say, 
you know, I mean, he says screw you to the media all the time or people demanding it. That's his personality. So why not say, you know, I'm not going to elevate a guy right now. I'm not certain I should elevate yet. Let's wait it out. Let's see who's available. You know the coaching carousel is going to keep spinning. And then you have to say and that, And other defensive Chad. coordinators are, are going to come The first time he spoke about Shane Bowen being the defensive coordinator was this week. He didn't have to speak to the media about oh, Shane well, Bowen being Well, he spoke elevated. about him in the release. Uh, he said something about him. Here's the, the other thing. This is, this is Michael on Twitter saying this, and this is common. I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of fans. Got to think that Schwartz is just eventually going to take over as defensive coordinator, assuming Shane's trajectory continues on the same path. Well, so two things come to mind here. They're, 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 when we come back, there are two ways to look at it, but both paths now lead to Jim Schwartz being a part of the conversation. That's next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 returns alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. We all agree this is a tap-in from FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360. This is how you can make some cash on golf's biggest event, $5 bet. You win $100. All you're betting on here is that Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, you pick the player to make the cut, and you can place your bet. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Cameron Smith, plus 320 to win the Masters. That's my one. That's your guy? Out of the blue. Nice. Bet. I like he, it. I just, he uh, once had again, a great I, tournament last I year. like the confidence. I see that graphic and I see that offer and I think Why if you're not? seeing that, how have you not? If you're seeing that and you're not signed up at FanDuel, how are you not signed up? Let's make it happen. Let, let me be clear picking up on our conversation. Jim Schwartz, better option than, than Shane Bowen in every way, shape, or form. Correct. I think there are probably circumstances that led to, well, to, to things not panning out that way earlier. Um, okay, I get it. If you had to name a defensive coordinator, you don't want to name a defensive coordinator, then Jim Schwartz magically comes open and he's available and wants the job. You don't want to then fire the defensive coordinator or demote him and bring in Jim Schwartz. My only question is, for a man who went through a season not naming an official defensive coordinator, I don't understand the rush to promote a guy that's not going anywhere. So he could have just waited until everything worked out timing-wise with whoever the better candidate is, not just Jim Schwartz. Well, there aren't generally there were gonna be candidates, candidates out there. out there after, uh, in February. Oh, I think that there's, there's things that happen all the time in the college game, too. I mean, there's always stuff that happens. No. Again, I just don't understand the rush. Okay. If they put Here's out a release, I'll say this. If they put out a release on January 29th with no defensive coordinator on it, you would have been steamed. Well, what was the – why January 29th? Whenever they put it out. When he finished up with his initial staff. Again, though, I, I don't you, – you could you – could, he just met with the media yesterday. He could have waited. Then the next day, the, the Jim Schwartz news is out after his press conference. Yeah, could that's have waited like, until today – to hold a press conference and to name Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator. Well, Paul set up the segment by saying he he admits Jim Schwartz is the better defensive coach, which leads to I, I, it, I mean anybody would say that. Yeah, I know, and that's what we're going to continue to say. <laughs> with no, no matter what happens here, if the defense improves, Vrabel and and this is props to him. Um, Schwartz is going to get some of that credit. Yeah, for his influence. If the defense sucks out of the gate. We are going to be demanding that Jim Schwartz call plays. Yep. Now that's if, what they've set up. If if yeah. if in fact Mike Vrabel brought in Jim Schwartz as a backup option, if things go south quickly with Shane Bowen, I like it. I'm fine with that. I, I just 
I can't wrap my brain around having a much superior option to your current defensive coordinator not be the defensive coordinator on your staff. So for that reason, I, I don't, I just don't get it. Here's another thing that means far less than it used to, but still strikes me as a little bit of a factor. Jim Schwartz, a hardline 4-3 guy, old school. Yes. And, and this is a 3-4 defense. Now, it doesn't mean that much. It's a base they had defensive that, um, front. They really pay five up front in base, right? In my early in years, their, when, when we have the break where you mentioned how you first met me, in my early years on the Titans sideline and at practice, they had this Tennessee package. They were always yell out, Schwartzwood, at these practices. And it was more of a 3-4 blitz front. Right. Um, that that that's the only thing I could compare to what now, we'll see. everybody is everything, yeah, right? Jay, and and Jason, a nickel, agreed, and a agreed. nickel with the four that we've been talking about. Yes, it's Landry and Dupree and Autry and Simmons, and that is the four front that Schwartz has always been about. So but it's the same difference. Everything is blended together in a way where you can't say, "Oh, you can't put Schwartz a four-three guy with Rabel a three-four guy," because it's blended together enough. But I, I do. But think there is Schwartz some melding here of two. I, I personally, I think of Schwartz and then Washburn and the wide nine. Wide nine, yeah. Well, good uh, Twitter interaction during this segment, so keep that coming. At Outkick360, we love to hear from you. Jason says, can you talk about Schwartz, a 4-3 guy, coaching a team with a 3-4 defense? We just covered. How easy of a transition would it be? Does this fall under Vrabel's mantra of front multiplicity? And that's the point. These coaches now, there is right. front multiplicity. It's, it's Nobody all, plays strictly It's one all the hybrid. Other. There's 4-3 sets. There's 3-4 sets. It's not... Specifically, one or the There's other. There's a lot of five-man fronts right. going on. Cottage Living on Twitter says, It concerns me in that Shane Bowen seems like Vrabel's yes-man. There must be a reason Dean Pease didn't want to come back. Dean Pease well, didn't Dean want Pease to come back. Dean Pease wasn't invited back to be defensive That's coordinator. correct. That's why he didn't want to come back. He wanted and to he wasn't invited back until it was known that he was going with Arthur Smith to Atlanta. That's I also think Cottage Living also, is saying there's a reason he didn't come back, that he went quickly into retirement after that season and then got back into coaching the next year. Definitely. And now the job he got is an enticing job in that he can once again go help a young coach starting off, and he's on the opposite side of the ball from that head coach, which is, I think, an appealing thing for a coordinator. If you have your choice as a coordinator, go work on the opposite side of the ball from the head coach. You have some autonomy. Jim Schwartz had great autonomy for the last five years under Doug Peterson. I checked in with some friends in Philadelphia yesterday about the degree of that autonomy. They said he was head coach defense. There's no way around everyone admitting how bad the defense was last year. We, like, that's, that's obvious. And the, the optimist would say, why are you guys so upset with a decision where a team just went 11-5 and five and you know they, they had one of the great year overlooking the offense and blah, blah, blah. I would say, because you're overlooking what this defense held this team back from achieving during some of these losses. Think back to how terrible that defense was against the Cincinnati Bengals on the road and what that loss ultimately went, meant to why they had to play the Baltimore Ravens in the first round of the postseason. Uh, there's a difference between winning and achieving what you're capable of while the window of opportunity is open around some of the greatest players we've ever seen in a Titans uniform. Hall of Fame caliber talent in the backfield, paired with a quarterback that is playing the best football since Steve McNair, if not better statistically than Steve McNair. And on the defensive side, 
they're putting up numbers that are w among the worst we've seen in league history in some categories. Third down defense. This, and we agree, you've, you've, Jim Schwartz is an alpha. Mike Vrabel is the ultimate alpha. I guarantee you behind closed doors they are saying, we agree, the window of opportunity is available. What happened last year is unacceptable, period. How they do we wasted, improve that? They wasted last season. That defense wasted last season. And I, we you know, all I, the fan one, and I, I don't mind looking at it and saying, you know what, eleven and five is a great way to build on things. But they were building I, it's, on it's, it's good to be upset with eleven and five, Absolutely. right? As yeah. a fan, it's good to be upset with eleven and five. Organizationally, though, the, the the idea has to be: why didn't we get the job done last year after going to the AFC Championship game a year ago and being better? What was holding us back? And at least we can wrap up the hour by saying Vrabel is addressing this by bringing in Jim Schwartz. They improved their defense With in move. free agency, and they improved their defense by bringing in the defensive mind of Jim Schwartz to assess issues. Now, now it's on to them to implement what Schwartz is going to address and what he's going to suggest. Well, and there's also – there's. There's a Tennessee basketball comparison here because we just got done talking about this. It's good to be upset about a five seed and losing in the first round when you're that mad about it, right? That's a good bar to be at at the bottom. So for the Titans, you asked the question, Hutton, what, you know, it's, it's reasonable to say, well, why are you upset about a team that went 11-5 and five and won the division, right? But you point out to all those things and say how much better it could have been. And personally for me, and we talked about this all last offseason, are we undervaluing the loss of Dean Pease? going into last season. Are we undervaluing that loss? The thing I don't hear a lot about right now, are we undervaluing the loss of Arthur Smith? That offense being great cannot be just accepted presume. as fact. Yeah. You, no, can't, yeah. you cannot presume it Agreed. going into the season. Yeah. So you have to improve on defense. You knew that either way. Even if the offense was They were trading as good, off Corey Davis right. for Well, you, you, you knew the free. defense had to be better either way. But I also am not going to go into the season just expecting that offense to be equally as good, and then the defense is going to be better also, so you're going to have a better team and have a chance at the Super Bowl. No, they start again. So you've got to factor in all of that. I'm not going to do that a second time where you just think, well, Dean P's a great defensive coordinator, but they'll figure it out. they got good players. There's no way they're going to crater on defense. They could crater on offense without Arthur Smith. We're going to find out the true impact of Arthur Smith versus what these players bring to yeah. the table this season. Also, the, you know, just picking up on what you're saying, yeah, there's going to come a time for Derrick Henry. None of us anticipate it's going to be now. But two seasons with massive touches is not generally a recipe. We know he's otherworldly. We expect him to continue to forge on. Yep. But at some point, that time's going to come. You said, hey, good addition in, in Schwartz and good additions in free agency. There's a third piece to this puzzle. It's at the end of the month in the draft. And they've got to add productive, immediately productive pieces there some of whom are going to have to be on defense. You guys talked about the pass rush still needing further address. Cornerback is obviously an issue. There are other pieces to be filled in there as well. The free agents look good. The Schwartz move looks good. The draft has to be good as well after a disastrous year last year, triggered by the Isaiah Wilson thing, but also with very little contribution overall from that class with injuries and underperformance. Well, let me quickly reiterate what you just said, Paul, and I agree with you on it. And I said this to start my argument. Don't take me asking the question of why is Jim Schwartz not defensive coordinator um, as this is a negative. Adding Jim Schwartz is a positive, period. 
That's full stop New at eyes. that point. New when eyes, you Jim Schwartz different your staff, And he's available. It's a positive. That part of this story is a positive for the Titans. This story getting out there today, officially, a positive for the Titans. I just can't help but ask if Jim Schwartz is available and he's on your staff, how is Shane Bowen the defensive coordinator and not Jim Schwartz? And, and what fires me up most is why scoff at the idea publicly of why the media would ask the question of what held this team back and why is bringing Bowen back as defensive coordinator, naming him defensive coordinator, the right move. Uh, when behind closed doors, I'm sure they are just as pissed off for greatness as we have been this hour. Hopefully we'll, about have, a what chance, held hopefully we'll have a chance to ask him that but, question soon. But the, the idea, though, uh, I, I think holds true. I think from Robinson on down, they're not circling 11 wins as some massive accomplishment that they're wanting to raise a banner for or throw a parade for. Uh, I think they would view things the way that we, we discuss things. What kept this team from advancing in the postseason? And how do they fix it and go get it this year, next year? That's, that's the window. It's been a good offseason uh, with acquisition so far. I would rate their free agency hall as good, not great. Needs to be a great draft. Yes. We all know that. This yep. has to be a great draft. If they have a great draft, Combined with some of the other moves, combined with Jim Schwartz maybe becoming defensive coordinator or having a bigger role on defense and helping Shane Bowen, this could be a great Titans team. Final thing on the draft as we wrap things up, and we say thank you to everyone listening in Knoxville, Fox Sports Knoxville. Chad, your thoughts on Keon Johnson hiring an agent and declaring for the NBA draft? No-brainer. Absolute no-brainer for Keon Johnson. Every single mock draft I look at for the NBA has him going between 5 and 10. He's a lottery pick, no need to come back. Uh, he's going to be drafted strictly on potential. He's a good player. He's a skilled player. Uh, he's not Jalen Suggs when you watch the two. There's a big difference between the number one or number two pick and Keon Johnson, who is an athletic freak and can play defense. He has great effort. He's only going to get better and better. But I think you see the difference there between the one or two pick and a five through ten pick. But it's a no-brainer for him. I mean, if you're going to be a top-10 pick in the NBA draft, you need to hire agent. You need to go pro. So congratulations to Keon Johnson. And uh, Tennessee adds a commitment today with that news with a 6'6 guard from France who played at Montverde Academy going the French route again. It worked with Eves Ponds. Uh, so he adds to that class. There's now three players coming in as freshmen uh, with this player from France coming in also. Huge thanks to David Reed for making the show happen. Uh, Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson. Check out their music uh, online from Knight's Fist, Dad's Acid, and Glove Hand as well. Uh, big big fans of uh, I like the way you say Dad's Acid. Yeah, Dad's it, it almost like you're going to say something else. Yeah. Well, I actually celebrate Dad's Acids in, in entire catalog, so I'm a big fan already. Yeah, well, somebody got a hold. <laughs> I, I, I listen to them on yeah. Spotify just like I do this somebody show. Somebody in my Where you can download the show and subscribe on Spotify. Somebody in the adjacent neighborhood to mine got a hold of Dad's Acid, and That's it true. didn't turn out to be a good night. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote a song about yeah, that. Actually. Sends a shiver kid, up kid Paul's spine when he hears my, the band named he Dad's Acid. He was naked and in my damn living room. Tomorrow is a celebration of this shirt behind PK. The master shirt on full display for round one of the greatest tournament as we will keep tabs on Augusta National. Hope you'll join us tomorrow starting at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central for OutKick 360 across the OutKick Network. Goodbye, friends. Don't block the box. And do to keep out this, all this acid we're talking about. Lock the locks.